Good morning, church. How y'all doing today? It's beautiful spring. Uh, spent some time with my daughter, just enjoying the the blooming of the trees. So, so, so beautiful. And worship just rises up in me, and awe and wonder at the beauty that He's created for us. So I'm excited to celebrate this morning. You know, we had some guests here last week because of Easter. And at the break and then afterwards, I was going to be like, well, you know, we're so glad that you're here for Easter Sunday. We kind of get excited in this place periodically. And I realized that we celebrate the risen King every Sunday. Every Sunday's like Easter Sunday because he is risen. He's still risen always be risen, and we're just waiting for his return. Amen? So we're excited today. So stand with me. We're going to worship. We're going to worship like it's Easter. Come on. We're going to worship like he's the risen king. Can we do that? Can we worship this morning like he is the risen king? Because guess what? He is the risen king. Amen? All right. On the count of three, we're going to say this together. One, two, three. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Of those rejoice who seek the Lord. So, Father, we just rejoice this morning. We rejoice this morning as we seek you, as we seek your face. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in this place. We worship today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, you came. You walked among us to show us the Father. And we see love reached down. And we say yes. We say yes this morning. Jesus, Jesus, open our eyes, Lord, open blind eyes to see you rightly, to see you clearly, to see the Father, to say yes to love come down, to say yes to victory. We say yes, Jesus. We say yes, Jesus. We say yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, it says, Surely, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Here we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. 
by your stripes we are healed. Yes, Jesus. We say yes to you today. We're opening our hearts and our lives to you. We say yes. (laughs) More of you. Thank you, Lord. We're going to come to the tables to get communion. There's three tables. There's two up front. There's one in the back. Whichever one you're closest to, you may go to that table and just kind of come to the table and circle back around. If you're not sure how to do it, just follow everybody else, and then you'll quickly know how to get it. There's two cups, so just pick up two at a time. Uh, The cracker's on the bottom and the juice is on the top. But don't take it yet until you get to your seat. We're going to come up here and take communion together. So go ahead and get your elements. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. Jesus, we thank you for showing your great love to us by coming down from your throne, living a sinless life, and going to the cross on all of our behalves. The price paid, it is finished. And Father, we thank you that that wasn't the end of the story. On the third day, (laughs) death was defeated. Father, we thank you and we worship you this morning. Just take a moment before we take communion, just reflect on that truth of Jesus, of who he is, what he's done in your life. If you came in here this morning with anything, (laughs) anything at all that you just need to put before him, just do that this morning before we take the communion elements. Father, we thank you. Thank you. The Bible says, for I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread When he had given thanks, he broke and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Father, we thank you. We worship you this morning. We say yes to Jesus. (laughs) Yes to Jesus. Come and penetrate every area of our life. For where you are, darkness must flee. For where you are, sin must be broken. For where you are, healing must come. So Jesus, we invite you in completely and totally into every area of our life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Stand with me as we continue to worship.
Father, we worship you. Father, we praise your holy name. As we were singing that last song, just have this sense that the enemy is, it's almost like he's swirling around trying to up the attack on many fronts. And he's using fear. He's using fear. I just feel as a church this morning, we need to speak against fear. We need to speak against fear in our lives, speak against fear in our church, in our city, in our towns, in our children, in our country. And the scripture that came to mind was this out of 1 John 4. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. As He is, so are we in this world. And then it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. It says, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So I just want to take a moment. If you're dealing or battling with fear or anxiety, or you know someone who is, <laughs> just raise your hand this morning and begin to receive from him. For his perfect love casts out fear. Just begin to declare with your mouth that fear has no place in your life, has no place in your family or in your children or in your grandchildren. This morning we tell fear to go in the name of Jesus. As we sang in that song, chains fall, fear bows to the precious name of Jesus. Mm. Also this morning, if you need healing in your body... (laughs) Healing in your body, any way, shape, or form. Just slip your hand up this morning. Come on. Healing in your body. Look around and see those around you. The people that are raising their hands, they are the healed of the Lord. So they're raising their hands, not declaring that they are sick, but declaring that they are receiving the blood of Jesus, the healing touch and power of Him and Him alone. So, Father, we pray all those who have their hands up this morning, 
<laughs> Father, we thank you for your healing touch. That as they stretch their hand up, all they're doing is receiving the gift from heaven of your healing. By their strength, not by their might, but only by your power. And Father, we declare them healed in Jesus' name. Father, those who are watching, those who we know can't be with us today because they're sick or in the hospital, and we speak to those bodies today, and we declare in the name of Jesus, they are healed in Jesus' name. We say, rise up in the name of Jesus. Rise up in the name of Jesus. There is someone who is watching online, and you are full of fear of death. Rise up in the name of Jesus. He is life, and he is life inside you now, today. He says, look upon me, and fear will flee. Rise up in Jesus' name. Rise up, he says to your mortal body, in the name of Jesus. You are healed because you are his in Jesus' name. Alleluia. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Give him a hand. Jesus, you are so good. You are so good. You are so good, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. Oh, just take 30 seconds here and just rest in his presence for a minute. Mm, half a minute. <laughs> We're going to move into a time of greeting. If you're an ECF kid, you know the drill, ECF, the kid corner, your stuff is there. If you're a guest, we just want to welcome you. Um, on, the, on the back of the seat is a connection card, um, and that's a place for you to just let us know that you were here. You can fill out as much of that information as you'd like or as little. Um, those connection cards go in the offering buckets, which will be up here for your offering during the break. Um, and if you are a guest, Kid Corner is here for your kids. Uh, toddler through sixth grade, we just have a little bag that helps them to enjoy the rest of service. And they're always listening. So there's this um, doodle pad, and it's sitting in our closet room where we get ready, and I pick it up this morning, and it has written on it, um, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've done when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I mean, that's a lot of words in a doodle. Well, it's a, like an LED board. And um, what, our eight-year-old wrote that? It's, it's kind of a, a variation on lyrics to a worship song. But she wrote it out of her own little heart. And so we're just blessed to have the kids with us. Um, we're blessed to have guests with us. We're blessed to have family with us and to be here together. So let's greet one another. All right, friends, let's make our way back to our seats. It'd be fun if we did like musical chairs and while everyone was up visiting, we removed like all the extra chairs <laughs> and then everyone would have to run back to their seats. I don't think it would work but it would be fun to watch.
All right. Well, a couple of announcements for you. This Tuesday, April 13th, is a young adult small group. Um, it's from 6 to 8 p.m. It is up in the Rose Center. This is for uh, people around ages 18 to 28. That's just kind of like a, a range. If you have said the words, I just don't feel connected, and you're you know around 18 to 28, then this is just going to be a great group to hang out with and read the Bible together and to get connected. Um, I love it because getting connected is an active thing. It's something that requires your feet to move, you know, um, and uh, we're not always good at that. I'm really good at hibernating. That's the opposite of connecting. Um, so connecting is intentional. So I encourage you, if you are a young adult, um, to check out the small group this Tuesday from 6 to 8. Uh, next, baptism service is next Sunday. Like, wow, that came up really fast uh, for me. Um, the signups are in the back t- on the back table there, as well as a um, a sheet about why water baptism. So, if you have questions, if you know someone who you think would be interested in baptism, um, one of our favorite memories is we baptized someone who wasn't attending our church, but was dating someone who attended our church. And Jason met with him, and we baptized him, and it was emotional. We didn't even know him. And that's just the Holy Spirit moving. Um, And they ended up getting married, and now they attend church here. And it's just just this beautiful story that we have um, that centers on baptism. Uh, So if you know someone who might be interested in baptism, take one of those papers and give it to them. That's this Sunday, uh, and we have a lot of kids. It's going to be a great service. It's just going to be a celebration service. We're just going to worship and celebrate Jesus um, and death to life. Uh, That is something to get excited about. Uh, Lastly, um, the Erie City Mission. We are still collecting soap. Uh, we have some pictures up there. It has been, it has been received with great joy. Um, it is fulfilling a legit need, and we are excited to be meeting that need. Um, there's a picture of the soap. You can find it at Walmart uh, in a one-pound bag. That's the soap that they prefer to pass out. Um, if you don't want to go shopping, you can also contribute on your offering envelope. You can just write soap. Um, under missions or anywhere on the lines. If you write soap, then that's what it'll go to. And we've, Jason, you have an update. We've done almost 200 bags of soap. So it's fantastic. It's awesome. Uh, But that is still going on. And I just wanted to remind you of that. And then that's all I have. Okay. I'm going to pray over the offering here. Uh, but before I do, um, just want to share a couple things. You know, we've got our debt chart up there, exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or imagine. And I tell you what, church, we are close to bringing down another square, another $25,000 getting paid off. So I am certain by the end of the month, one's coming down, uh, probably right at the end of the month, maybe two. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I'm excited what God's doing. He really is moving uh, us in that direction as a church and really as a lot of individuals, too. I hear a lot of people working towards, um, towards debt freedom in their lives and partnering with us and then in, even in their own lives, uh, getting their debt paid off in Jesus' name. I think to share this often, and I always forget, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit just prompted me, and this goes along with what you said about fear. So I've always looked at that scripture, exceedingly abundantly above 
or, you know, more than I could think or imagine. Well, I can think or imagine pretty big. And I'm a little bit snarky sometimes with the Lord. And I'm just like, well, you know, what's this verse all about? Um, and there's, I have a testimony of when I went from working and put, pressing into God to receive from him and crossing over into exceedingly abundantly above. Um, and it has to do with having kids. And when we started out in our marriage, I had a lot of fear about having kids because I was told that I would have a lot of trouble having children. So coming into that first baby, boy, I had a lot of anxiety around would this happen? Is this going to happen? What if this doesn't happen? How devastated I'll be if it doesn't happen? You know, and it happened. It took a little while, but it happened. And then right away, I was like, well, what if I can only have one? What if I can't have a lot? I want a lot. What if I can only have one? That would be devastating. Oh, my goodness. So we had another one right away again. And the fear never dissipated. It actually only grew. Um, before we had our fourth child, I'm going to try to keep this short, but before we had our fourth baby, I had two miscarriages in one summer, and oh, the fear. It just, it was just overwhelming. And so when I got pregnant with our fourth child, the Lord just said to me, girl, you have to trust in me. You have got to get out of fear. And I stood on just two scriptures. Um, I will not fear for God is with me, and this child will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And I just, just two that I set all of my faith on and I would declare them out loud. And, um, and that baby was born and she was healthy and whole. Uh, and I slayed fear in the area of having children. After baby number four, I couldn't stop getting pregnant. I mean, I know it's funny, but what I'm saying is, is it became, I have exceedingly abundantly above and more than I imagined. Like in reality, this is more than I had planned this. And it all happened easier than I had at some point I prayed and was like, Lord, you know, close up the windows of heaven, you know, cause he did, he opened the windows of heaven and poured out a blessing that I honestly could not contain, or at least our mobile home couldn't contain, you know, and it was all, I, I see that pivot point and it's fear. And so every time you come and you talk about the debt chart and I see that scripture, yeah. I just want to say fear in finances is something we talk about because it's real. It's there. I mean, it's a reality in our lives, but I just want to encourage you that his word is true and that um, fear is sneaky and it's quiet and it dresses up sometimes as wisdom. It dresses up as wisdom sometimes. Like, I don't know, someone told us it's not wise to have so many children. <laughs> and this is a spirit-filled, lovely woman. And I just was kind of like, okay, moving on. God bless you. God love you. But no, it's wise to be obedient to the voice of the Lord. So fight that fear with faith. God, he always, he always is good on his word every single time. Okay, no, it's good. Good word. Uh, so if you're partnering with us on this, it is the second line on your offering envelope. It says generations on there, but and we're going to order some new ones here in a little bit. But that's what that's all about on your offering envelope, partnering with us. Again, 90% of every dollar given goes directly to reduce the debt. And then 10% of money given is goes to our benevolence fund, uh, which we've been uh, using to bless families in need and people in need. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be a distribution center of your finances, that they're all yours, Lord, and we're just, we have stewardship over them for a short time. And so, Lord, we just ask for that wisdom and to be led by your Holy Spirit. Father, in our personal finances and the finances of the church, Father, we thank you for this building and this property.
that you have blessed us with. We thank you for Pastor Jim and Pastor Pam, who I think I saw earlier, Lord, as our founding pastors, Lord, who were called to Erie to become established and to build a great church. And so, Father, we know that the building of the great church, Lord, is not the building, but it's the people. And so, Father, we thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for every gift and giver today. I pray a blessing over Pastor Jim as he gives the message today. And, Father, we thank you that he is a walking testimony of the scripture that Liz said, that he will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen. amen. Pastor Jim. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. I love you, man. Glory be to God. It's good to be alive, preaching the gospel, doing kingdom business. Well, it was actually uh, to this month, two and a half years ago, I had my incident, and uh, I'm just uh, grateful for all that God has done and all that he is doing. Uh, we have a, a book. I have a couple of copies here. Let's pray. It tells our story of how God sent us to Erie, and uh, then Pam tells my resurrection story in here. So if you want to s- see me after the service. Uh, all right. How many of you brought your Bibles today? If you didn't, go home and get them. <laughs> But uh, why don't you hold it up and say this with me? This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, my heart is open. My mind is alert. I'm ready to receive the powerful, unchanging, uncompromised word of the living God. I believe that I receive in my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word. Somebody shout today. Amen. Well, when Pastor Jason asked me to, uh, to share this month, I was excited to be able to share the uh, Sunday after Easter because I believe I have a very appropriate message for the Sunday after Easter. I believe statistics are that uh, the Sunday after Easter is, you know, the least attended service of the year, you know, because everybody's gone on vacation, you know, and whatever, you know. But, uh, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But I believe that I have a, a message that is very appropriate uh, for this Sunday, and uh, <clears throat> we have some uh, PowerPoints, and if you want to follow along, I really encourage you to, to you know, uh, either open your Bible or, or uh, use your electronic device, whatever, because it's good just to be able to locate things and, and uh, uh, you know, no, no, it's in my Bible, praise God. It's not just up there on the screen, it's in my Bible, too. Uh, so, uh, but in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 3, I'd like to begin uh, with this passage of Scripture, and this is uh, about after Jesus' resurrection, post, 
resurrection. And, and the scripture says, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days. So this is after Jesus was raised from the dead. Uh, for 40 days, he was seen by his uh, disciples. And, uh, and he spoke with them. And here's what he spoke of. Speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So I think that this is very significant. I think that, um, you know, if, if Jesus came here and did the work that he came here to do and, and, uh, and then was raised from the dead, uh, I think that it would be quite important and quite significant to hear what he would primarily speak of. I think that would be a very important subject to, to uh, hone in on. And the Bible says that he, that he spoke concerning the things concerning the kingdom of God. This passage of Scripture said that by many infallible proofs, and the word infallible, here it means unmistakable, convincing, that which one uh, can know for sure or with certainty. So Jesus appeared to them successively on successive occasions. For instance, in Luke 24, uh, Jesus stood in their midst where they were, they were meeting, and he, he ate fish. Uh, eight days later, Thomas, who had not been there at that particular meeting, uh, Jesus appeared to him and said, you know, put your hand in, in these wound marks. Uh, in John chapter 21, Jesus, uh, his disciples had been out fishing, and they had caught nothing. We were at this exact spot where this happened. There's certain things in Israel that you visit, and they'll say this is a one, two, or three spot. Three is, well, it's probably happened somewhere generally in this area. Two is a very good likelihood it happened here. One is it happened here. And we were at this spot where uh, the disciples had been out fishing all night. They didn't catch anything. And Jesus calls them in. And he's, he's baked. Or he's cooked some fish. He fried fish. Jesus knows how to eat, you know. He had some nice fried fish. I'm sure he had some French fries. And, you know. But, but he called them to them. And the Bible says that was the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples. But I want you to know that Jesus primarily spoke, the Bible says, during this time frame, during this 40 days, about the things concerning the kingdom of God. The things concerning the kingdom of God. What's a kingdom? A kingdom is a country or a domain whose ruler is a king. And, and, and so the kingdom of God is the spiritual reign or authority of God's rule. And so, you know, Jesus 
had said this ought to be something that we would focus in on. In fact, uh, the next uh, PowerPoint, Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And prior to Jesus saying this, uh, he talks about asking for provision. He talks about, you know, forgiveness, giving and receiving forgiveness. Talks about staying free from evil. Uh, He talks about not trying to be religious, not being a hypocrite. Want to acknowledge those of you that are watching online today. Um, He talks about uh, where we store our treasures, store them in heaven. He talks about being singly focused talks about putting God first in all of our affairs. talks about not being anxious or worried uh, about anything. Well, that's a lot of different things. It's a lot of different things. So how do you do all of that? I mean, do you sit down and have a checklist? Say, well, you know, how am I doing on this one? How am I? No, no. He sums it up by saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And these things, these things will fall into right order. These things will, will take care of themselves. Being kingdom focused. So I think this is a very important, uh, a very important subject. If Jesus made it, you know, the primary focus of his teaching... And he tells us at the beginning of his ministry, you know, there's going to be all these different areas that you need to try to keep in balance, but the way to do it is to be kingdom-focused, have a kingdom focus, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, some people say, well, you know, God is in control, you know, what will be will be, you know. There are a lot of people that have that mindset. Well, we just kind of kind of ride along. But that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4 talks about whose minds the God of this age, the God of this age. Now that's a little g, not a big g. The God of this age. In other words, it's talking about Satan's influence in, in this world, that's why we need uh, to be on our toes. And that's why Jesus talked about the entrance of, of God's kingdom. Because there's a, a renegade spirit who goes about, the Bible says, seeking whom he may devour. And uh, there's a lot of scriptures that speak of Satan's operations and his influence on this earth. For instance, in Luke chapter 4, it's not on the screen, uh, Jesus showed uh, or Satan, and we were at this place also, the wilderness, where Jesus had been out praying, and Satan showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world flashed before Jesus. And the enemy said this to Jesus. He says, all this authority I will give you And their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomsoever I wish. 
So, you know, people that say, well, you know, God's in, in control. Well, if he's in control, he's not doing. Now, you know, here's the thing. Satan's at the end of a leash. Jesus has got a, he's got a leash. But nevertheless, nevertheless, there's an evil influence that is, that is, that is in this earth that, that uh, thank God, we don't have to fear but, uh, but Jesus wants us to put our focus not on the, on the area of darkness, but on the entrance of God's kingdom in this earth. He's the king, praise God. There's a lot of places. Uh, in Acts 26, 18, Paul the apostle says, To turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. In John 12, 31, Jesus said, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. So Jesus was talking about what's going to happen as a result of what he's come into this earth to do. So again, you know, we talk about these things so that we have an awareness and we're not naive about what is the driving force Behind the evil and, and the, the, the bad things that we see in this world. But the scripture tells us not to lay our focus there. Because if you put your focus there, you're going to get sour. You're going to get bitter. You're going to get fearful. You're going to get, you know, all, all kinds of, you, you, you shrivel up. He tells us, put your focus on, on God's kingdom. Put your focus on the kingdom of God. And uh, so, in Daniel, I love the scripture because it, uh, it foretold the coming of this kingdom and when it would come into, into, uh, into the world. In Daniel chapter 2 and verse number 44, you know, the children of Israel had been taken into Babylonian captivity. And Daniel had set himself to, to focus on God and, and, and uh, stay committed to his walk with God. And he confronts Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had, had had a dream. And he got all his sorcerers and all the wise people and he wouldn't tell them what the dream was. He says, but you, gotta t- you have to tell me the dream and the interpretation. Otherwise, <laughs> and nobody, of course, could come up with the answer. But Daniel did. Daniel did. Daniel set himself aside before God. And God n- not only gave him what the interpretation of this dream was, but also told him what the dream was. And, uh, and here's what he says. And in the days of these, well, what, what Daniel has a vision of, go to the next slide so we can, we can see that. Daniel has a vision of this, of this statue. And, and uh, what it is, is the vision of, is of a, the statue with a head of gold. And God told Daniel that head of gold represents Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. 
And then the chest and the arms of silver, that was the kingdom that would succeed or come after the Babylonian uh, empire, and that was the kingdom of Mede and Persia. And then farther down in this statue, the belly was of brass, and that was Greece, the empire of Greece that would succeed Mede and Persia. And finally, the legs and the, were, were, and the toes were made of iron mixed with clay. And that was representative of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire kind of spread out, had all these toes, but it didn't have a lot of cohesive uh, uh, influence because, because it was iron mixed with clay. And so God shows this. This was, this was three to five hundred years before the time of Christ that Daniel has this vision, you know, and God shows him the kingdoms that are going to come in succession. And, and Jesus, and, and, and it says, go back to the preceding slide here. And he says, and in the days, and in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And he's talking here about in the days of the last kingdom, the kingdom of Rome. So he pinpoints exactly when this is going to happen, when God is going to intrude into this earth, a spiritual kingdom. And it shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. In other words, there's not going to be a succession like the, you know, the, the, the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians and the Greek. No, 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 no. This kingdom will never be destroyed. It will not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. Isn't that something? That's powerful. That's powerful. Now, again, the reason we're talking about this is because Jesus thought this kingdom thing was an important subject if for 40 days that's what he talked about. Amen? And so when Jesus begins his ministry in Mark chapter 1 and verse number 14, after now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, and saying, and saying, the time is fulfilled. What was he speaking of? He's speaking about the time of the entrance of God's kingdom into this earth. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Glory. Repent. Change the way you think about things. Because see, the only thing that they could think of in terms was these earthly kingdoms. That's all that they could wrap their head around is, is earthly kingdoms. But Jesus said, repent, believe the gospel. The gospel means the good news. What is the good news? The good news is that the time has come where God 
is going to uh, flood or come into this earth with his spiritual, unending, everlasting kingdom. And Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. It's not going to be of the same uh, manner as previous kingdoms. I remember, this is a special week for me, uh, 45 years ago yesterday, 45 years ago yesterday, I came to know Jesus uh, as my Lord and Savior. And, and uh, so I remember I went out to save Pam from the religious fanatics. <laughs> I was a student. I had been, you know, I got out, I had been discharged from the service. I was a student at University of Maine, and Pam had found this place in Ithaca, New York, uh, called Love Inn. It was a church in a barn. Well, that's kind of scary, you know, called Love Inn. Scott Ross, some of you may remember Scott Ross. Phil Keggy. Phil Keggy was the worship leader there. Phil Keggy laid hands on Pam, and she got filled with the Holy Ghost at Lovin' in Ithaca, New York, you know. So I heard about this, and I thought, you know, I've got to get out there and save her. I, I, here's my determination. I'm either going to find out if, if there's anything to it, because I was a good Catholic boy. Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I had been discharged from the altar boys. I had been, my services were no longer needed. <laughs> Unjustly so. I don't have time to do that. And I'm very careful how I share that because I don't want to be bashing anybody. But, but at, at any rate, uh, so I determined one or, one or two things. I said, I'm either going to go out there and I'm going to save her from these religious fanatics or I'm going to get the truth for myself. I'm going to get the truth for myself. So I drove out. It's a long story. I drove out, and this, this was, you know, back then, I mean, we were poor college students. Uh, I hadn't prayed for years. It had been years since I had prayed. And I, I remember praying this prayer. I said, God, if you're real, if, if you're real and you want me to know you, then uh, provide someone to ride out to New York with me. I had my 19... 73 Saab. <laughs> and uh, and s- provide someone to ride out there and help with the gas money. Well, the next day, I got a, a couple got a, in touch with me. I put a thing at the university bulletin board. You know, back, back then, you'd put these notes on the bulletin board. And I got a phone call, and they wanted to go out. And it was Easter weekend, 1970, 1976. And uh, uh, Easter, just in case you didn't know, was on April 18th on 1976. And, uh, but at any rate, so I drove out there, and I didn't, you know, I mean, I, this is, wow, what's going on, you know? She's, she's a holy woman now. And, and, uh, but at any rate, I, I don't have time to tell the whole experience, but I cried out. I found myself in a crying out, God, I have got to know you. I have got to know you. I have got to know you. And, you know, and God revealed himself to me. 
I mean, I knew, I knew that I was lost. I knew, oh man, I knew I was a lost sinner. I knew in general, in general ways and in very specific ways. But uh, I entered into the kingdom of God. You know, it wasn't, it's not, it, that's how you come into the kingdom of God. You've got to humble yourself. You know, you've got to humble yourself. And when you repent, you know, what it means is, you know, I'm not coming in on any of my own merits, you know. I mean, if you try to come in that way, you're going to really struggle because you don't get anything based on your merits. You get it by faith. You get it on the merits of what Jesus has done. Amen. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. He's the king. Amen. And so... um, so Jesus began uh, by saying, you know, the, the, the time, the kingdom is at hand. Look with me in uh, Luke 16 and 16. Jesus says here, he said that the law and the prophets were until John... Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it now. Now, a lot of times people get in, you know, I've been around a little while, and, you know, people get into all these different things and, and, and uh, I, I, you know, get off on, on side trips or whatever. And he says, you know, the law and the prophets. Now, we certainly can gain things by studying the law and the prophets. But again, Jesus puts the focus on understanding the kingdom of God and where we are, positionally where we are now because of it. The law and the prophets were for people of a different time in the era, but the, the dynamics now is on God's kingdom. And, and this is for what Jesus spoke about for 40 days. He said, man, get ready because you're coming into this. So I want to talk a little bit about what is the difference between the church and the kingdom of God. What is the difference between the church and the kingdom of God? 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So the role of the church, the church is made up of people who have entered into the kingdom of God. And the role of the church is to declare, it's, it's to live, and it's to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And uh, the word proclaim, it's an unusual word. And it's only used here in the New Testament. It means to advertise or to publish. So, so we're, to, we're to enjoy living in the, in, the, in the reality of this new kingdom. Glory be to God. We're to enjoy it. And, and, and to publish here, it means to advertise. It's making something known that otherwise would be unknown. 
that we're to make known the excellency or the praises of him who has called us out of darkness. We're to speak of his heroic deeds. We're to speak about what God has done for us. We're to declare those. I like the way that Liz prayed. Call it into being in Jesus' name. We're to, we're, to, we're to preach with authority. We're to declare. We're to enjoy the benefits of living in the kingdom. And we're to talk about it. We're to declare it. We're to, we're to make known. You know, every church is different, but it will reflect the culture, and, or it's going to reflect the culture and the priorities of its leadership. But its message is unchangeable. To proclaim the present kingdom of God, the excellencies of what God is, what He's done. I love I love Psalm one hundred three two through five. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquities? Who heals some of thy diseases? <laughs> oh, I think this is a taught church. Who heals all thy diseases? who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's why we get a little shout around here. That's why it's all right to run around. Amen. Get a little excited. Somebody says, well, you know, don't get, too, don't get too wild, you know. Just keep it down. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're in a new kingdom. Amen. We're to, we're to make known. We're to demonstrate. We're to declare the excellencies. This is primarily what Jesus talked about. Don't forget this. Don't go back. Don't, don't go back into the old way of thinking. Amen. Amen. Think kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God. So let's talk. I, don't want, I want to move along here quickly. What are some of the characteristics of the kingdom of God? The characteristics of the kingdom of God. The distinguishing features. The nature. The essence. Or the, or the attributes. Well, I've got three of them. Number one, Romans 14, 17. And here's what it is. Joy and security of being in a right relationship with God. Oh, man, that's a, that's a kingdom benefit. Amen. That's, that is a, a, a characteristic of what it means. Jesus or, or the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not about, again, it's not about a physical. It's about a spiritual kingdom and a transformation that has happened on the inside of us. It's not about eating and drinking. But it's about righteousness, it's about peace, and it's about joy in the Holy Spirit. Man, that's powerful. Righteousness. You know, there's so many churches, people, people go to church their whole life, and they're not even sure if when they die they're going to go to heaven. How can they be showing forth the praises of him 
who called them out of darkness. If they're not, I mean, this matter ought to be, here's what Jesus said in, in John 15, 3. You don't have it back there. Jesus said, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. So, you know, we don't go around wondering, you know, now, if, if, if we need to uh, confess, the Bible says, you know, if we confess our sin and we miss it, you know, then just, God, forgive me. I missed it. But we don't live with an uncertainty. We don't live with a fear. We don't live with doubt. Praise God. You know, both my parents, you know, went to be with the Lord last year. Man, I know I'm going to see them. You know, I prayed with my father in the kitchen of the Rose Center. Prayed with him. You know, he, I said, you know, I sat him down for years. You know, I had, they had watched what God had done in our life. And, and I, I so much appreciated them because they were so gracious. And, you know, they must have thought, what happened to our son? He's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's just, I mean, he's just... You know, I, remember, I got my father, one time my father uh, questioned me. We were living up in northern Maine. I, I had spent four years in the service and got out of college, and I had a, had a job. I was working for a planning commission up in northern Maine. And uh, I, I just found out about this place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rama Bible Training Center. I wanted, I, you see, when I got born again, I had such a call on my life. I didn't know what it was. I wanted to go to the uh, PTL Bible school. They had started. God didn't open that door. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, but uh, found out about this place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, brand new school that had just opened up a couple of years prior to that. And so, I mean, I finally had this job, you know, had, a, had Justin was just probably a year old at the time, and I remember telling my parents, we're, gonna, uh, we're going out to Oklahoma, I'm going to go to Bible school. <laughs> and my, you know, God bless them, you know, they thought, what in the world? But my dad wrote me a real kind letter, you know, a real kind letter, well, you know, Jimmy, you know, you you know, you've been doing all this stuff, and but I, you know, I had to listen to my heavenly Father. Had to listen to my heavenly Father, and both my parents are in heaven. I prayed with my dad right up here, you know, so I don't have any doubt about it. And thank you, Jesus. So, what what are the characteristics? I got to move on. I'm taking these little side trips here. Number one is the joint security of right. Relationship number two, number two is spiritual power to live and witness. Spiritual power to live and witness. And Jesus, listen, this is why we are a church that declares the baptism in the Holy Spirit unashamedly. And you know, I mean. Because it is, it is, it's, it's essential for the, for the power to, 
to live for kingdom living. You don't, we're not dealing with flesh and blood. We're dealing with spiritual issues. So we need spiritual power in our life. And, 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 and Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria unto the ends of the earth. And so, uh, we need that spiritual power. And one of the characteristics of living in the kingdom of God is the power not only to live, but to demonstrate. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, the manifestation of the Spirit is, is, is given to every person. Jesus had told the disciples prior to this verse, they said, you know, are you going to restore Israel's prominence at this point? Are you going to do this? And Jesus said, listen, you don't need to know. It's not for you to know the specific time frame of all of this. Again, where did he, but he said, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you so that you have the power to live in the reality of God's present kingdom. It's on the inside of us. Amen. It's in, it's in you. And to demonstrate it outside. And then the third, uh, third one is ongoing spiritual growth, ongoing spiritual growth. Uh, In Philippians, the Apostle Paul says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So we're a kingdom within a fallen world. That you may become uh, blameless and harmless children of God among whom you shine as lights in the world. So I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, spiritual growth is a good thing. I'm farther along today than I was last year, than I was two years ago, than I was ten years ago. You know, we're being changed. We're not being conformed to this world, but we're being transformed and we're better demonstrating uh, the reality of God's kingdom. I love Psalm 50, 23. To him who orders his conduct, you're right, I will show the salvation of God. Um, You know, one of Jesus' prayers found in Matthew 6, 10, almost done. Jesus prayed this. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus prayed, he prayed, you know what? This was prior to his death and resurrection and the, and the entrance of God's kingdom into this world. But he, God's will, God's will is not always done, is it? But that's where we as a church have a place to play. That's where we have a role. We send out prayer requests. You know, we meet, we assemble together. We, we, we grow spiritually. We, we influence the people in our lives and, and people that we work with. And we ought to always be uh, looking for an opportunity 
to give the reason for the hope that we have within us to those around us. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 and 25. Again, you know, a lot of times people focus on, I mean, I love prophecy and people have dated when Jesus is coming back. And I mean, people have gotten so far into that ditch that, you know, they've, they've not known how to live in this present world and demonstrate God's kingdom. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's where the church has been at times trying to set dates. Name the Antichrist, this person or that person. And they've got into a ditch, you know, and they've not, they've not influenced uh, the culture around them because people think, well, they're just weird. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when people uh, hear and observe us, they're going to go, wow, there's something different about these people. They have joy in their life. They've got victory in their life. Glory be to God. (laughs) It's my amen corner over here. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Jesus is coming back, but I don't know when. I don't know when. I, no man knows the day or the hour. And, and, and try to set times and dates. Jesus said right up front, it's not for you to know it, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you're going to be demonstrated, and you're going to live it out. You're going to live out the kingdom. It's righteousness. It's peace. This world is crazy. Right? <laughs> This world is crazy. I mean, who would, who would think it's get as crazy as it is? But I'm not going to lose my joy. Because I'm not... I'm, this world isn't my thermometer. Amen? I'm in another kingdom. I got righteousness. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not ready to go. (laughs) And thank you for being a praying church. I'm still here. Doctors still can't figure it out. We don't know what's going on here, you know. We know that he's dead now. He's alive. (laughs) Whoa. Amen. And so, then comes the end. I don't know when that's going to be. When Jesus delivers the kingdom to God. So the churches, we're going to have influence. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to take out uh, people. or We're going to bring people along with us. And then Jesus is going to present the fruit of what we've done. The fruits of all of our labors and what we've done. Jesus... When he delivers it up to the Father and he puts an end to all rule and authority and power. He's talking about Satan's influence on this earth. He's, just, he's a renegade spirit that uh, got in through the back door. But thank God we know that his goose is cooked. And so here's my last, last scripture, Luke 19.13. So Jesus, he, called, he tells this parable. He says, do business till I come. 
I like, there's another, another passage that says, Occupy till I come. Occupy. Or do kingdom business. Do kingdom business. Live it out. Amen? Don't go out if you don't have the experience of the joy and the peace in your own life and try to get people to be like me. Amen? Live it out in your own life. Enjoy it in your own life. And then let your influence permeate into this world. Praise God. And someday Jesus is going to present uh, the fruit of our labors to the Father. And, and uh, what a time it's going to be. Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. Would you stand with me today? Glory be to God. The Bible says, Jesus said, since the, then the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. You know, when the kingdom of God is proclaimed, people ought to want to press into it today. Would you bow your head with me today? And those of you that are watching online, perhaps there, you would say, you know, I'm not sure that I have ever entered into that kingdom. I can see it. And the, and the Word of God clearly teaches it. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's a kingdom of righteousness. That means I can be right with God. I can have peace. And I can have joy in my life. And I want to enter into that kingdom today. And the way that you enter into that kingdom is by verbally acknowledging the King. Jesus is the King of all kings. And He is the Lord of Lords. This morning, if you've never made the decision to step into, cross that line, to come out of the kingdom of darkness and into God's marvelous kingdom of light, and you say, I'd like to do that today, would you just slip your hand up this morning? And I'm going to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I'm going to pray with you. Is there anyone this morning? And I can't see those of you that are watching online. So why don't we just all say this prayer this morning. It's a simple prayer that opens our heart so that the king can come in. Let's pray this together. Father in heaven, I come before you in the name of your son, Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I acknowledge that I need a Savior, and I invite you into my life. Come into my life. Thank you for giving me righteousness, peace, and joy. Father, I thank you for every person that's prayed this prayer this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you are working in us to will and to do your good pleasure and to fulfill every exceeding great and precious promise that you've given to us. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I know Pastor Jason prayed uh, for those of you that have physical needs, and uh, I'm going to turn it back over. And 
Pastor, awesome as always. Great message. I just want to read a benediction. Amen. Give him a hand. God is good. Kingdom of God. Uh, if you, yeah, if you're interested in, in Pastor and Pam's book, uh, just see them afterwards. It's just a suggested donation of $10. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Uh, and I want to read this benediction. We've got some prayer teams that will be up front here uh, that will pray with you. There's usually one on each side. So if you need prayer for anything else that hasn't already been covered, and even if it already was covered and you just want to get an agreement, then come on up here and these, uh, they'll, they'll be able to pray with you um, this morning. But here, I would just want to end with this out of Second Peter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied. Thank you, Lord. Part of the kingdom, right? Grace and peace be multiplied. Not just added, not just a little bit, but multiplied, which means it's moving quick and it's duplicating fast. To you, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So, Father, we just thank you today for this message. We thank you for your kingdom Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can be stewards and carriers of your kingdom wherever we go. Lord, we are carriers of your kingdom wherever we go. And as we are the church, we go out and we are the church in every workplace, in every school, in everywhere, every store that we go to. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You are dismissed.